The Toby Gribbon Show. Highlights. Douglas Simpson is a retired high school English and journalism teacher from the state of Washington and he's on the line with us now to talk about his A Lifetime Travels, a memoir of 60 years of experience, his book. How are you doing today, sir? Well, I'm doing just fine. Uh, Looking forward to conversing with you. Yes, I'm glad that we've finally got you on because we were going to use Zoom, but we're now doing it the old-fashioned way on the telephone. Well, that works for me. Yeah. So Douglas Simpson's book, A Lifetime of Travels, in the book he recounts his decades of adventures in this personal memoir as you see each location through his eyes. So without giving too much away, just take it from there if you can. I was a war baby. Um, My... Father was called into the Navy, and so I was alone with my mother, and and we were moving, bouncing around places while he was gone. Mm -hmm. And then when he was uh, released from the Navy in uh, 1945, we we took a train across the country to join him and lived in a couple of places in Rhode Island and Massachusetts, and finally got a car and drove home when he was decommissioned. And uh, had just been hopping around from one place or another as a child with his employment. Uh, and we went to um, Portland, Oregon, and we went to San Francisco, California, and then Chicago, and then New Jersey. So I was already in, ingrained as a traveler uh, when I went settled down as more stability after college. Um, but the, the idea of traveling was inbred, and so I started to do it after I got married in 1961. A lot of people say that you really ought to travel, that maybe go as far as saying an essential life experience. Would you agree with that? Yes, I would. Uh, uh, if you want to be an enlightened person attuned to the world around you, uh, traveling is uh, incredibly important, and I have en- enjoyed all the opportunities I've had to do so. Yeah. Now, what is it about traveling that you think you've enjoyed so much? Getting back to, I guess you can call it my roots in Great Britain uh, yeah. uh, with the English language, and as an English teacher for many, many years. Uh, I taught English literature, and, and uh, it's just like visiting, uh, uh, enlightening what I had uh, found and discovered, and uh, adding new dimensions to my teaching and my education along the way. And then it's easy enough to expand from Britain to uh, Italy and France and yeah. Scandinavia and Germany and wherever. Uh, so it's just been invaluable to me in my life and career. What made you want to write a book about your travels? I have a journalism background, and I've done a, a lot of that sort of reporting uh, over the years. Yeah. And uh, I'd written a long-time column for a hiking club that I was active in. And so I was just getting, and I had done some reporting of sporting events and things like that. So I just wanted to uh, find something to expand my writing and and there didn't seem to be any more natural way than to write about the traveling that I'd done over the years. And are there any maybe interesting stories in the book that you were able to share without giving it all away? We had an exchange student from uh, Sweden at one time living with us and we got to know him well 
and uh, we were able to go to uh, Sweden and meet his family and, and, and live with them in their vacation home site. And it, it just, uh, you know, I'm half Swedish myself. And so it's visiting my past again and getting to see it in the present and uh, tying together two locations uh, through experience. That must be quite cool. When you have heritage from somewhere and you go and travel there, do you kind of feel like you belong there in some kind of way or you feel like you've gone home? I feel very comfortable there, like it's a part of me, uh, whether it's Sweden or or England. Uh, And I've I've made many trips to England over the years uh, and... uh, and love not not just the country and the countryside, but the but the locations of the writers, and and it's just all make very real to me and and significant in my uh, comprehension of the world. Yeah. So, how long did this book take you to write as well? About a year, and you have and do something like that. You do a lot of rewriting, and then you have to figure out how to organize it and. It, uh, essentially, the, the main thrust of it was a trip that I took in 1968. Uh, my wife was also an educator, and we had the whole summer off between sessions. Wow. And so we we had a summer in Europe. We went to England, and then we went to the continent, and down as far as Italy, and back over to Austria, and back up through uh, Germany and into Scandinavia, all in, in one uh, uh a summer season and it was a, a marvelous experience and, and it was a, a major part of the book uh, to several chapters on that experience yeah that's quite incredible you pretty much covered all of europe there yes all of western europe at least yeah what is it about europe in particular that you seem to keep going back there america is a relatively new country as you know our mm-hmm. heritage comes from from Europe, uh, all the Im- waves of immigration over the years, and uh, in particular, England and Sweden have meant so much to me uh, in my personal life and background that uh, it's uh, like an extension of me and my personality and my life. And so I cherish those times when I can mil- uh, go back and forth between the two. Being away from home, travelling for so long, did you ever get homesick? Not generally, but I'll tell you, when it gets time to go home, suddenly I I have an instinct that I want to get there. <laughs> and so, yes, it's important to me to go home. Yeah. And uh, one of the things, economics of it, it seems like you're spending a lot of money traveling, yeah. but uh, when it comes down to it, you pay those bills, and a lot of the expenses that you spent traveling, you would have spent if you were home anyway. Mm. And so it's really not that big of a hardship economically. Yeah, so if you really enjoy traveling, would it be a good idea, maybe when you retire, just to spend the rest of your life traveling? I've retired from education a number of years ago, yeah. and uh, have continued to travel. And uh, but I'm getting up there in years now, and so I'm probably not going to have too many more trips. Yeah. I have one to California 
later this month, and then in February we're going to Maui for eight days. Wow. Uh, but that's all we have scheduled, and I don't know how much more we can handle as we as we age. And it's interesting that you say that when it gets to the point of going home, you kind of want to go home. I think for me, it depends on how much I've enjoyed the holiday, because sometimes I just really don't want to go home. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash boast. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about Wix. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. But then maybe if I was away for longer, I'd be desperate because I'd be missing it. Yes, well, home is home, and, and there's a definite inherent instinct to being there and wanting to get back there. And home can mean so many things, can't it? I mean, for you, with all your heritage, as we kind of touched on before, home can mean going to Sweden or England or places where you come from in an ancestral sense. That's for sure. And you have a, a pretty strong British accent yourself. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Did you find it easy to write a book about your own life? Yes, as a, as a matter of fact, I've uh, I've written another book since then, and a and third one in the pipeline that I'm working on. Uh, I'm a, a tremendous reader. I've, uh, I'm a bibliophile, and, and I wrote a book called A Reading Life about. Uh, uh, touching on as many up to four thousand books uh, that I'd read over a fifty-year period, and so that's due to be published soon. And I'm working on an autobiography now uh, about my my life that uh, I, I'm trying to find uh, ways to make it appealing to the general reader. So uh, writing is something that has become very important to me. Yeah. Why do you think your life is interesting enough to write an autobiography about it? I think because of the unique experiences I've had moving around and living in different places. And uh, as I said, I was in kindergarten in one end of the country and then the other. And and I went to three high schools from... uh, uh, California to Chicago to wow. New York, New Jersey, and uh, made so many different friends and had uh, 
different lifestyles, but enjoyed all of it and all of the places I was and the people I was around. And so it's just uh, just part of me, I guess. You were a newspaper editor for 15 years and, of course, a journalism teacher. So writing books, is it maybe second nature to you? Because, of course, journalism isn't necessarily book writing, but it can often be writing in a sense. That's true. Uh yeah, I, I think I've adjusted. I found that I write nonfiction better than fiction mm. uh, because I'm sticking with you know reality and facts, and yeah. and I have a pretty good memory for for the past and the things I've done, and uh, and it flows pretty well when I get started writing. Yeah. Do you think that you could write a fiction book? Because maybe all these stories that you've reported on, there might be some weird stories or some interesting stories that could inspire you to write a fiction book, even if it is loosely based on something that actually happened? Well, not too long ago, I wrote a short story. Uh, I was an active member of a hiking club, and uh, and so I wrote a short story about uh, an experience on a hike encountering some... Uh, uh, people who are on the run from the law, and uh, uh, it, 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 is, it is a decent story, but I haven't attempted to get it published anywhere. Mm-hmm. But uh, I've a couple of times I've started novels, but I just didn't think they were very good, and so I never followed through. And just one last word, really, on travel, because in this book, your traveling started with a trip to Europe in 1968, which was, of course, 54 years ago now. How has the places you've gone to, like Europe and other places, and also maybe travel in general, as in transportation, changed in that time for you? Well, in some ways it's easier to fly, and in some ways it's more difficult. The airports are more complicated now, and there's all safety questions about airports and airplanes. And... uh, as we get older, it's a little more of a drain on us physically to fly. Uh, I don't mind driving anywhere in the U.S. and Canada and you know Hawaii, uh, but I don't I don't wish to drive in Europe anymore as I get older. Uh, and uh, I'm limiting, uh, I'm not so inclined to tours now because of the rigid starting times they have, and and uh, we just don't get going that quickly. And so I'd like to travel on my own or or maybe on cruises or something like that. Did you always remember to drive on the left in Britain? <laughs> uh, actually, after the first few hours of it, you get used to it pretty quickly. Yeah. Uh, the only complicated thing was going into those roundabouts and figuring out how to be on which side of them to be on to make the turns you need. Yeah. Uh, but I've been in places in England where there was one lane roads and if another car came, uh, one or the other of you had to pull over and then somebody would blink the lights to go ahead through. So there are complicated things like that that we don't see much in the U.S., but you get used to them after a while. Suppose if you didn't learn to drive here, then you wouldn't know how to use roundabouts and stuff. And also, I think it's true to say that flights are actually longer now than they used to be because aeroplanes haven't improved in technology, really. They don't really go faster. Concorde being the obvious exception that's out of service now. Because of all the taxiing and stuff, the time in the air is the same, but the time from boarding the plane to getting off the plane is longer. (laughs) That's for sure. You get in that plane, you're ready to go, and then you sit there for 
20 minutes and then you start moving and then you taxi slowly for about 15 more minutes while all the other planes ahead of you get to take off. <laughs> and so, yeah, you're, the flight may say three o'clock, but it's 3.30 before you get in the air if you're lucky. Yeah, and that's even before mentioning what happened this summer in this country. Now, this book is by Douglas Simpson and it's called A Lifetime of Travels, A Memoir of 60 Years of Experiences. And where are all the places that we can find the book? Is it just in the usual places? It was published uh, by Dorrance Publishing in Pittsburgh, uh, and it's available through them, and I'm having it reprinted so I can put it at a more reasonable price. It should be uh, out uh, soon in a reprint. Uh, it should be available on Amazon uh, as well, so that's... <clears throat> Uh, that's basically it for now. Great. Well, many thanks for joining us today. It's been great to talk to you. Well, I appreciate the, the opportunity to speak to you, Mr. Gribben, and uh, uh, it's been always enjoyable to talk about travel, and, and I wish you well in your work. The throbbing pulse of sounds of sounds